guess this week I'll start with the most recent movie that I've watched. And I'm very active in Litterbox these days, so you can uh, <laughs> you can <laughs> probably guess what's coming. But uh, the other morning or the other evening, I watched Senior. Yes. The Robert Downey Jr., Robert Downey Sr. documentary. Yes. Um, really, really interesting. Um, put like five or six things on my watch list of, oh, these look like really incredible films that Robert Downey Sr. has made. Mm-hmm. Um, and like really, really fascinating. As he was suffering from... Uh, senior was suffering from Parkinson's. Mm. Uh, oh, that's what it was. Okay. When they were making it. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting. It's not the best documentary in terms of mm. like telling the story it wants to tell, I think. Okay. It There's there's a part of it where Senior is saying that as he'll agree to do the documentary if he gets to make his own version of it, sort of. You're right. Um, which so it's going through and like him talking about his process and making, which is all really, really interesting. It just like those two threads of the actual documentary and the documentary that he's making n- never really intertwine in a way that you that gives um, like satisfaction ah. to like what they're trying to weave. Ah, OK. Um, but it's like really good. It's really interesting. Yeah. Really like heartbreaking is not the word but really touching um if for no other reason than uh robert denny jr calls his dad pops which is what i call my dad so like i I kept getting like oh yeah Yeah. very (laughs) very real but um but like man good worth the watch it's and again like I, i say this all the time but 90 minutes like yeah easy in and out and that's like I don't know much, if anything, about Senior really. And yeah. I've, you know, I've heard a little. I've heard some people talking about the doc and just his body of work. That's very odd. Like his his mm-hmm. style of filmmaking was very strange. Um, and so I'm looking forward to checking this out and then checking out some of his stuff because I'm like yeah. I don't really think I know any of his work really. <laughs> and it's from a period that I'm like I also don't have a lot of knowledge base on. Yeah. So I'm like if ever there was something that's going to like pull, like maybe it can pull me into this era of filmmaking. Right. You know, it could be something that's like, it's like a connective tissue kind of, kind of thing. Gotcha. Interesting. So how much of a role does, does Downey Jr. play in the actual piece? Cause it, it did he, direct, he didn't direct it. He didn't direct it, but he's wildly involved. Gotcha. I mean, it's, it's about really his relationship with his dad. Mm. Um, Okay. And like it, the it, the whole thing spawns from him wanting to understand more of who his dad is. Yeah. Uh, as a person and as a filmmaker. So, you know, it's 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 worth the watch. It's touching. Yeah. I'll have to for sure check that out. Uh, that was that's a Netflix original, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Man. Okay. Senior. Yeah. I knew I was going to watch it, but I just worth it. Yeah. yeah documentaries sometimes it's a hard sell for people but (laughs) (laughs) huh um in that same vein yeah also on netflix Mm -hmm. um i started with senior because i have two other ones here that are uh very much kind of the same idea Mm. uh but very different movies Mm -hmm. um so the same day that i watched senior earlier in the day first thing in the morning actually i watched troll 
course. Which is also brand new out on Netflix and is a uh, Norwegian or, uh, yeah, a Norwegian film. Yeah. Um, about a troll uh, that comes to, you know, that just shows up in uh, in Norway. Yeah. In Norway? Uh, it looks like. Hold on. Norwegian. Yeah, in Norway. Yeah. 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 Uh, that shows up in Norway and proceeds to sort of wreak havoc. Um, and it's, I mean, it's your pretty basic, you know, monster movie. Yeah. But it's really well done. Like, and I went in with like no real expectation to it. I mean, I think Troll 2 as like a just mentality of terrible movie dumb. Well, that's, yeah, that's what you know? I thought about. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I think that's like your, like you hear Troll and you go, oh, Troll 2. Yeah. Like that's your automatic move. Yeah. Uh, not like Troll 2 at all. Like actually really well done. The CG of the Troll is pretty fucking incredible. Mm. Um. And it's like, I, I I said this in my review, the character development that you get around the actual troll itself yeah. is really, really well done. And like, you don't think of like a lot of character development in like Godzilla movies. Like, you know, there's not a lot of like, what's Mothra feeling about this kind of stuff. No. Um, but like this troll is like the last troll that like, is a you know awakened right and like he's basically like where's my fucking like where are my people oh my god <laughs> um and like he, and that's the whole thing and it goes around and it's like him like he has very real motives that are not just like destroy everything yeah and it's yeah it's 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 really good and it's um like good on netflix for just Rocking and rolling on a Norwegian language film. Yeah, that's probably. I don't know if Norwegian is the proper name for that language. Dutch, maybe. Nordic? I don't know. I don't like know. when you get into those. Yeah. When you get into those countries, um, I don't I, really have a good grasp. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Me either. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really it's, cool. It's, especially as a Netflix produced movie yeah or i guess like a next they could have acquired it but a netflix original quote unquote like that's you never yeah. know again we always are like eh could be awful could be you know mank it could be really yeah. good and i'm glad that this is <laughs> well and yeah <laughs> good yeah it's it's there's it's a lot of familiar beats you know but yeah. like it's we've all seen terrible monster movies and this just like it has the same beats of all monster movies but mm -hmm. it's not it's not poorly handled, I guess I'll, I'll say. I like that. I like that. Because yeah. I, I feel like it's really easily, it's really easy to poorly handle a monster movie. And yeah. <laughs> as we've seen time and time again. Um, but this is, that's really cool. And I assume it has no relation to like, maybe it's based off of the original story. Um, yeah. I mean, it's based off of the fairy. It's very clearly based off of the fairy tale of trolls yep. of, um, you know, the whole turning to stone in sunlight yeah. and, um, uh, I don't know. There's a whole mythos behind it. That's pretty readily explored because that's the only basis for what this troll is that the characters in the movie have. Right. They're like, it's a fucking troll, like from the fairy tales. What? <laughs> okay. Um, and it like, it plays into that. It's really, it's really kind of cool. Um, 
I and it's that. definitely, definitely worth the watch. Okay. Well, I got to add that to my watch. That that was one that honestly, if you hadn't said anything, I probably wouldn't have watched. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, it's I, just. It, it piqued my curiosity, like weirdly enough, just because I was like, because Troll 2. I'm like. I know. Are yeah. they honestly just putting something out and not expecting us to go like, but Troll 2. I know. Um, <laughs> but you but, gave it a fair uh, shake. Yeah. But hey, I was like, I'm gonna hit play on this. Why not? You know, yeah. and uh, and it's good. That's awesome. Damn. Okay, troll. I never. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Netflix is troll. <laughs> oh Rock man. Oh man. Um, in a similar vein, I guess not really, but in terms of monster movies, have you seen the original Funny Games from '97? Mm, they from did '97. Not 2000, so I no. don't think so. Okay, do you know of the movie, relatively speaking? Yes, okay. I think so. Because I think this is a movie that a lot of people are like, oh, funny games, like you've heard about it. it that was the way I had heard about it. I'm like, I've just, I just know people have talked about sure. this movie. Um, but I checked it out over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And this movie is really, really strange because when you first complete it, or at least when I first completed it, I was like, this is kind of a bad movie. Like, what's going on here? I don't, <laughs> Yeah. what am I supposed to be feeling? But I sat on it for a few days. And what I came to the realization of, and after I had read some of the words by the director, um, mm-hmm. I came to a different understanding of what this movie was supposed to be. So basically, uh, directed by Michael Haneke, it's about a family of three who go to vacation at this lake house that either they own or someone else owns. It's not really specified. Um, and they, within the first day of getting there, uh, two men intrude their home, acting like, oh, I need a favor or I need some. He basically comes in and like, oh, I need some eggs. It's really weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't leave and it turns into them just holding these people hostage for the entire movie. Yeah. Um, and it's a movie that literally breaks all convention. Like every time you think something's going to happen, the mm-hmm. exact opposite happens. Like it goes so far as to being like cutaways of like this person, like they'll do, like they'll leave like little breadcrumbs of being like, okay, this is here. This piece is on the boat now. So in so at the end, they're going to come back and this is going to be like the final thing. And it turns out to be nothing. You know, it's one of those things where hmm. every turn it flips your expectation. And I, that was part of, I think the point Mm. because at the end I'm like, this left me almost pissed off. I was like, what am I supposed to be engaging with here when every single time it's just the exact op. I mean, there's an entire scene takes place in one unbroken shot where the mom is just like highly traumatized and just like sitting there and just thinking about what's going on. And you're Mm -hmm. just like this feels incorrect like the bad guys have left they come back every single turn it throws you off um hmm. and i don't know like i almost want you to watch this movie just to be like are you getting what i'm saying here because like by <laughs> yeah. the end you're just like what the f is going on um really dark really disturbing there's a lot of things that you see and you're just like this is pretty shocking um because it's like torture it's not like saw torture but it's like yeah they just play like mind games with these people, but you also feel like they're playing mind games with you because the guy keeps like breaking the fourth wall and stuff. And you're like, what? This is so interesting. Hmm. Um, what, uh, what language is it in? Is it in English? That, no, no, no. The, the remake. <laughs> so Michael Haneke remade it. Yeah. 
in English. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember remember the one with Naomi Watts. Yes. Yes. um, And like Tim Roth and Michael Pitt. Yes, which uh, now I'm like, I need to see that because I was talking to Morgan today about it and she's like, I've seen that one and it's basically a shot for shot remake just in English. And I'm like, ooh. Interesting. Okay. But this isn't, this isn't Austria. Um, and, okay. Whew. Yeah. Cause I remember the, the English version being very like weirdly received. Yeah. And people talking about that and being like, what is going on in this movie? And I don't think I ever actually realized that it was the same director yep. on both. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just, in a way, it's one of the smartest movies I've ever seen in hmm. that regard. Because, like, I, you know, I went back and I listened to some of the interviews with the director, and he was basically like, I didn't want to make a horror movie. This is for sure a horror movie in a lot of regards. But he's like, I just mm-hmm. wanted to make a movie that shows how pointless, senseless violence can be. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if that was your point, I get it. But also, you made a movie that kind of plays with character archetypes plays with story beats and and throws everything out the window in a really Mm. really intelligent way and i don't know if he meant to do that or not but yeah in the end i'm sitting there and i'm like i'm really frustrated but i'm also (laughs) like really really like in awe of what you just did to me as a viewer you know yeah Um, so i would not recommend everybody see this in fact probably like i'm just curious to see what you think about it just because of how interesting the story actually is um yeah but it's pretty it's pretty dark. It's very dark actually. You see stuff and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> good lord." So, um yeah, take it with a grain of salt. But Funny Games, sure. man, I very interest one of the more interesting movies I've seen all year to be honest. Um so that's something I think that was on HBO, so if that <laughs> tickles your fancy at all, send it. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. Um I guess, you know what, in a completely opposite direction. The one mm-hmm. movie that I checked out in theaters this week uh, was The Fablemans, which I texted you about. Um, yeah. Steven Spielberg's new movie, which I think is getting some pretty mixed reception just because it's... Spielberg, like, he's in his he's in the ending stages of his career at this point. The where Twilight, he's, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, he's not doing the Jaws or the Jurassic Parks or the Saving Private Ryans. Like, this is definitely a looking back at his life, and it's obviously autobiographical about the way he became a filmmaker. Um, And to some people, I think it's going to be like a tough sit just because it's not much going on. It's it's really like, okay, here are the specific things that made him into who he was. And it's not necessarily like a true story per se, because it ends and you're like, oh, you could have kept going, you know? Um, Yeah. (laughs) You could have gone on to the life of Steven Spielberg. Exactly. (laughs) But man, like watching this movie, you know, Tony Kushner, Steven Spielberg. Um, oh wait, who who does the Kaminsky? I think who does? Hold on. Um, uh, who did it? Who did this? Yeah, Janusz Kaminsky. Um, when they get together to make a movie, yeah, it's like you walk out going cinema. My mm-hmm. God, you know, just because he has this sense of wonder, and it's portrayed through the the character of Sammy Fableman who's technically himself. And the other thing that I loved about this movie was a lot of Steven Spielberg's backstory is like, I don't want to say myth in a pejorative way, but it's like, you're not sure what's true and what's not, you know? Sure. People are like, Oh, he snuck onto the lot and he created his own office. Like he tells people a lot of these things and you're never sure. And I think this movie plays into that a lot where you're like, it's pure memory. 
and you know that going yeah. in. So you're looking at it like, maybe this happened, maybe it didn't, but this is the way he remembers it, or this is the way he wants to tell it. And I just thought that was like, I just thought it was gorgeous. Everything about it, I'm like, gorgeous. And I want you to see this movie because I want to hear your take on Paul Dano's performance and Michelle Williams' performance because both of them were very specific, which makes sense because they're mm-hmm. supposed to be his parents. But I don't know if I liked them at all in this in these movies. And people like Michelle didn't Williams like their performances for didn't like their performances or didn't like their characters. I'm not sure. Cuz if this is the mm. way that his parents were, then by all means, then spot on. Yeah, but Dano's performance is a little bit under and Michelle Williams' performance is like loud, big, crazy. Yeah. Like, Ooh, and there's moments in the movie where I'm like, I don't like you. Like, I don't like mm-hmm. this performance or the character. I'm not sure. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I remember there's, there's, I remember watching the trailer and thinking, I feel like this is a weird role for Paul Dano because it seems very subdued versus yeah. what you usually see from Paul Dano, which is like subdued, but like also crazy. Right. You know, um, and you get none of the crazy, not even subdued a lot of times. <laughs> right, yeah. right. He's just <laughs> like, like ah. um, I mean, we're coming right off of him as the Riddler, which is like, uh, all yeah, caps, yeah. you know. Um, but I mean, Gabriel uh, LaBelle, who plays Sammy, loved it. People are like, I don't think he's like Spielberg. I'm like, I thought he was fantastic. He did, he had to do so much in this movie. Um, Julia Butters is in this good. Seth Rogen is really good in this movie, too. Doesn't have a massive, massive role, but you know. And obviously it looks gorgeous. It sounds gorgeous. It's a, it's a movie where you're like, people are like, yeah. oh, Spielberg. I've heard this said where it's like, yeah, there's nothing special about the cinematography in his movies. And I'm like, that's just simply mm, not true. Like, especially yeah. in this movie, there are shots where I'm like, oh my God, this is fucking cinema right here. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. It's weird. I feel like part of that is like, it doesn't feel like there's much that's like, special about his cinematography but because his visuals define so much yes. already yes like his visuals from everything from his early career close encounters et everything uh, jurassic park jaws mm-hmm. like saving private ryan all the way up to like yeah you know more modern like west side story yeah like lincoln <laughs> the visuals on that are, lincoln yeah are all like definitive and like inspiration for thousands of people you know um exactly and like i feel like it's it's hard and we'll, maybe we can talk about this in an episode at some point but yeah. it's hard to like separate steven spielberg from his influence yes. on cinema yes. you know like especially modern cinema of like he's defined so much like that it's you know it's just exponentially growing as we continue like through the history of film, because right. this is referencing that it was referencing that, which was referencing that, which is referencing the opening scene from jaws. Right. Like, <laughs> it's so true. You know. It is so true. Um, and he's certainly not the only filmmaker that has had that effect, but no, like no. he's, he's one, I think Tarantino's one as well. Mm-hmm. And like, you can trace Tarantino back way beyond Tarantino. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like it's yeah, it's it's wild. It is. And and Spielberg, the last thing I'll say about it, it's like there's this sense of magic in his movies that always comes across no matter what he's doing. Um and I noticed this a lot in West Side Story where you're just like looking at it and you're like, This is 
the the majesty of what you can do on film in this guy's specific mind. And I'm just like, that's mm-hmm. you know it's a Spielberg movie from the minute this movie starts, whether or not you know he's directing it. So I think that's just really special. I hope people check this movie out. I thought it was wonderful. Um, so yeah. Uh, did you have anything else? I have one more I have, after you go. I have one more. Okay. Um, and it's in the same kind of vein as Troll. Um, nice. It in that it's a foreign language monster movie. Um, but I watched Shin Ultraman. Yes. Um, and I was texting you furiously during yes. this because this movie <laughs> is absolutely incredibly beautiful. Yeah. I feel like it's been a long time since I've seen something that can utilize a two, three, five frame so well. Yeah. It's, it was just like I was continually blown away. I was like sitting here watching on my computer. And I kept like rolling back and be like, I have to watch that again. I have to watch that again. Uh, the camera moves. The the framing is just yeah. like incredible while still feeling very much like a TV show from the 70s. Like it, it's not. It's super not. And sure. like it's top tier work in terms of the visuals. Mm-hmm. Um but it still feels like you're watching an Ultraman episode from, oh, you know, yes. 19 whatever. Yes. It's so like, I can't get over this movie. Like it's, it, it is in contention for one of my top, top 10 of, of 2022 for sure. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I mean, shout out, like, I'm going to put you these names. I apologize. But uh, Hideki Ano, who I've talked about before, who yeah. did Shin Godzilla. Yep. Um, and is also we have uh, Shin Common Rider coming, and then supposedly we're getting a whole uh, universe, a whole universe tied in there. I am so here for it. Yes. Like after watching Shin Godzilla earlier this year and Shin Ultraman this year, like the thing I'll say with with Shin Ultraman is like there was a point in it where I had like a turn. Mm. Where I went from like, oh, this is cool. It's like there's like a monster and like old school, like, you know, it feels like old school guy in costumes fighting each other. Like, oh, this is like a cool retro thing where like it turned and I was like, oh, I'm actually really fucking engaged with this story right now. Mm. I'm really engaged with these characters. I'm like, you know, because much like Shin Godzilla, it becomes less about like Ultraman. Sure. Which, like, he is still the main character, but it becomes less about him and his transformation as it becomes more about him and his relationship with humans in general. And, like, I guess this isn't spoilers because it's in the, but like, there are extraterrestrials that arrive. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, they're like, and I don't, like, there was one point where I just, like, clicked back and I was like, holy shit, I'm like super into this movie right now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and it's, it's great. It's so, so satisfying. Uh, to see the whole thing like come together like that. Um, That's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah. It's, it's something else. And it's like, I like, I feel like I'm not even doing justice with like what I'm (laughs) bringing to it right now because the story is great. The cinematography is great. Like I'm technically it's so good, but also there's like a, a, there's an element to it that just like pulled me in, man. Yeah. And it's no easy task. I mean, these are things like the 50-50 don't, not even, probably 70-30 don't work usually or just bad yeah. movies. And it's like to be able to do something different 
that bring something new to this genre of like kaiju movies i'm like yes yeah. do it do it yeah that's really cool i gotta the check only here out. i i will say i feel like so i i don't just like i'm not just fanboying through this whole thing yeah the one thing i'll say that i was like okay is the without giving away spoilers but the ending mm. or not so much the ending but like the latter half of the second act i guess yeah into the third act uh because I know Hideki Anno's, like, history and, like, am a fan of Neon Genesis. Yeah. Uh, there are parts of that that I was like, this feels very Neon Genesis. Mm, okay. Um, But, like, it, it – and I kind of went, oh, okay. Like, you're kind of just leaning into the same kind of style there. But, like, I mean, if that's the worst I can pull apart from it, like – pretty good i'm on board <laughs> and like and literally i only had that thought because i knew going in that it was ano and that it was he was like the creator of evangelion like right right if i didn't have that baggage coming into it i wouldn't i wouldn't have made the connection right at all. so the one thing is if you're if you know this guy <laughs> yeah then you might be like oh yeah. interesting <laughs> it's not even well like and bad. like it's it's not even like he's like ripping off neon genesis right it's like he's like Oh yeah, like this is the same kind of thing, right? And I also can't even be mad because supposedly Neon Genesis is going to be like part of the Shin shared universe. So I'm like, maybe it's just oh, there like you go. The number of times I went, is this going to tie into the bigger universe? Like, like the number of times I went, is this a is this a hint to Godzilla? Like I'm picking apart these like little things, and I'm like. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I'm very curious to see once it all sort of like comes together, like what what it all means and like yeah. how this is going to work. Because I'm in. I haven't even seen any of these, and I'm still <laughs> in. Like, let's go. That's sick. Okay, I need to watch all of these. Um, did you rent them or? So I had to go a little bit of rent because it's released on streaming in Japan. Ah. So I had to do a little VPN dance, but oh okay, um, yeah that's fine. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I gotta check all of these out, um, and then yeah, Common Rider coming next year. Let's go, let's yeah. freaking go. I was just looking. Is Common Rider is a film, right? Yes, directed and written by Anu, which he only yeah. wrote Ultraman. It looks like. Um, yeah. Huh. Well, snap. Okay. I got to check both of those out at this yeah, point. Yeah. There we go. Damn. <laughs> Add more to my 900 long watch list. I know. Um, I looked at your list Lord. the other day and it was 888. And I was like, oh, it's very satisfying. Every time I see one that I'm like, <laughs> oh, that cover looks cool, throw it on the watch list. Like, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, yeah. Uh, so I got to highlight one more movie here that I checked out um, a couple nights ago. And it's a movie that I'd heard about had never really looked into because I had just the wrong notion of what this movie was. Uh, and this movie's called Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Mm. Does that ring a bell at all? Uh, no. Okay, so this is a movie from 2018 directed by Eliza Hitman. Um, it's a really small movie. It, it almost feels like, like an A24 kind of film, but I don't think it was. Uh, it centers around a girl in high school about 17 18 who is preg who becomes pregnant and is mm -hmm. trying to figure out what to do basically and it takes place over the span of maybe a week probably not even like maybe 4 days of her going to clinics 
going to mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood, going to all of these spots to try and basically work out what to do. Um, and it's a really, really devastatingly real look at what somebody in America specifically mm. has to go through as a young woman who's dealing with something like this. And my God, dude, there are scenes in this movie that I was like, my heart was breaking for real. Like I was watching her um, and there's like a sequence where like she has to go see all these counselors and she has to talk to people and like make sure she's making the right decision. I don't want to sure. tell you like what's going on, but um, you know, there's a lot of scenes where she just has to answer like questionnaires about her personal life and you know, they kind of dig in a little bit, but they're not, they're like, you don't have to answer in full, but like answer yes or no or answer never rarely sometimes or always like that's where that comes from it's like answer this in the best way that you can and there's a one sequence where she's just in one single unbroken shot answering this entire questionnaire given to her by this counselor and you just see it in her face i mean it's clear like this is a teenager who doesn't want to talk about this stuff doesn't care maybe has never been asked these kinds of questions before and it's all in her face. Like you don't, she doesn't really say much, but you see as these questions start hitting her harder and harder and start to hit her deeper and deeper that she's just like realizing her situation and realizing like what this means and understanding that people care about her. And it's just a, it's mm-hmm. just an insanely personal wow. and I think a really important movie. And it's really bold too, especially in 2022. Obviously, this came out a couple of years ago, but like I think everybody should watch this. Obviously, as a man, like I don't understand these things very well, and it's hard to kind of get your head around what people go through. And I think this is a really, really important and realistic look at the way someone has to go through something like this and dealing with abortion and dealing with adoption and dealing with, you know, what what to do as somebody in your teens that is thrown into a situation like this. Um, And I just like by the end, I was like, this is one of the best movies of the decade, like truly. Wow. Um, and who knows? Like other people are. This is my personal opinion, so other people might not find that. But I just, I hope people check this out. I hope you check it out too, because I'm like, it, it really hit me in a way that not a lot of movies do. Um, and again, I felt my heart just like sinking into my stomach as like certain scenes went through, and she's going to these clinics, Oof. and outside the clinics, people are protesting, and I'm like, oh my god, this is real. Like this happens every day to people. Yeah. And people think abortion is such an easy thing to deal with. And like, it's just a simple decision. And even someone who's as blase about it as this girl, because she's a teenager, doesn't want people to see her vulnerable. Sure. People are like, oh, they don't care. And it's like, no, you see in this movie that they do care, but they just don't know how to express it because you're young. Woof. So it is, it is crazy. It is a crazy movie. Um, and I hope that people check it out because I thought it was important. And it's a really bold, bold movie, especially in 2022. So uh, yeah. never rarely, sometimes, yeah. always. Uh, just a sensational movie, in my opinion. So All right. I'll have to add that one to my list. Yes. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough, but my God. Shout out to everybody involved. Sydney Flanagan sure. as the main character. Uh, just <laughs> what she does with so little is just outstanding so shout out everybody phenomenal movie